Washington, D.C. This is NPR. I'm Corva Col- I mean, welcome back, y'all, to the Dreamboat Podcast. I am your Captain Scott. And I am Captain Connor. And we are back at it once more. Been uh, been another week with radio silence, but you know, sometimes those high seas, they toss and turn, and it's hard to get that signal out. Yeah, we've been getting a little turned around there uh, using those little navigation devices there's some really cool nautical terminology i should probably that we don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah there's the one that well there's like your good old-fashioned compass and you do the little walkie legs thing hey that's a what did you just Whoa. say that's not till episode 69 <laughs> but we will say yeah life's getting a little little cray cray and we absolutely are continuing the podcast but we may switch to bi-weekly just for a little while just for to, to get our sea legs. Just to get, get our sea legs. Our wing, wing and hey, legs. that will give you all some more opportunities to send your dreams to dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Send them. Keep them coming. We thrive. We power our ship. We shovel them into our furnace like coal on the Titanic. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to call. Okay, let me find a different boat metaphor. You're going to shovel it in there like a really successful... Long ocean liner that 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 had a good storied history. Hey Connor, yeah, you, uh, you got any dreams for us? Hey, I sure did. Cool? And funny enough, Scott, I had a dream that had both of the dreamboat captains in it. Oh, and from the notes that I took, I don't remember very much of it. But here's the long and the short of it. So here's another episode of Connor's Nugs. Here we go, <laughs> uh, Scott. You and I. We were hunting, and we were out in some savanna area, and we were kind of up in one of those big, wild savanna-type trees, like a really big tree, like you know, 50, 60 feet tall at least, with these big branching limbs, and we were up there in, like, living in this tree and, like, having a stake out in this tree. But what we were hunting were... A dinosaurs. What? Yes. So, yeah, it was kind of like a dinosaur safari. We had that kind of like all khaki outfit with the cool hats. Oh, with Dr. Grant style, with the little little uh, bandana worn as a neckerchief. Yeah, I think you definitely were rocking something like I that. Would. All right, go on. I, that's pretty much it. Is Wait. You and me up in a tree waiting to take some shots at some dinos. Dude, that's a tasty nugget, but I wanted us to take a shot at them. It, I guess that's not up to us, is it? That's up to your dream brain. And that that part, I don't remember, but it was enough that we should really get some fan art. That and, and Willie Nelson coming yeah. out of that. <laughs> okay, let me take a... Um, maybe I'm going to do a quick freestyle jab at this one. and then Free, we can, free, free, freestyle! We can check up with our, uh, with our cited sources here, with our literature... Um, all right. So hunting to my best knowledge would probably be a dream symbol, kind of like your, your, 
restaurant or storefront foodways, basically, right? That's kind of what we're getting at. Maybe a more violent foodway. So it's you trying to nourish yourself. And here, here you are with your with your dream with your dream buddy with your dream boy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you and me together trying to find sustenance in a harsh, exotic land. Yeah, this could well, be like hunting. You're actively getting after something. This is me. This is this is my freestyle. Mm-hmm. So we are chasing after something, right? Hunting it down, and kind of in this what seems to be not a very nourishing landscape. Like I said, it was pretty barren. Thinking like. Like Lion King, Savannah Scrubland kind of thing. Lion King, Savannah Scrubland kind of thing. And we're up there doing our Sir Reginald from the 19th century with our long guns up in the tree, trying to hunt these antiquated monsters. Yeah, what does that mean? Okay, so the dinosaurs are a mysterious and ancient and fearsome thing. So you and I are trying to nourish ourselves on some bits of fearsome giant lizard. Or we are questing after, we're trying to take down a seemingly impossible task, perhaps. So maybe it could be something like hunting for success. Maybe that's the greatest game of all. Ooh, the big game. They, well, I mean, it's kind of the biggest game, although they oh. they kind of didn't make it. All right, so I am curious what Mr. Ibn Sirin has to say about hunting. I doubt he, although, you know, he never ceases to amaze. Maybe there's dinos in here, too, but let's see what he has to say about hunting. And uh, do you want to tackle DeBoard? Yes, according to J.M. DeBoard's Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings... It can mean, as in hunting, that you have your eyes on someone, such as a romantic interest. Or you're in pursuit, you're on the scent, right? Targeting someone. Same idea applies to the one being hunted. Now, I don't know about that. Okay, pursuit I get. That's kind of like what you said, having ambition. Yeah, but this was not romantic. It was not that kind of safari. No, but the ambition this bit. Is purely I purely is... platonic captain relationship. <coughs> I mean, otherwise, the ship would never go anywhere. I mean, there's no laws in those waters. <laughs> now, hunting can symbolize personal qualities, needing to do a job, right? We do jobs. Yeah. We, we cast a pod once in a while. An animal can symbolize a person you know, but I do think that animal has more to do. Well, actually, there is. So let me look up dinosaur because it's in here. All right. Well, before you move on entirely from the hunt, tell me more about the hunt as Ibn Sirin. So Ibn Sirin's Dictionary of Dreams, according to Islamic inner traditions, describes the hunt as representing booty or profits. Um, now that I can on, get behind. Booty is totally our game because we are, after all, pirates in our own sense here, looting the high seas for dream bits and success. Get behind the, the podcast. But um, otherwise, the rest of it seems to focus on what you are hunting. If you're hunting with dogs, um, fishing. But it also I mean, says, yeah, you were there. So 
in in a more general sense, it says hunting represents diligence and determination to succeed in life or to earn your livelihood by your own merits. Hey, there we go. Okay, that's actually really we're interesting. We're pulling ourselves by the digital bootstraps right here. That was the solid freestyle right away. We're we're already knocking all those out of the park. All right, what do you got for dinosaurs? To dream about a dinosaur, according to J.M. DeBoard, can mean you face something overwhelming. I mean, what sort of chance do you really stand against a dinosaur? That's a pull quote. A dinosaur symbolizes the... Well, nope, this is... Nope, not applicable. What? For example, a teen male dreams about a dinosaur following him and his friends around. They hide from it. As it sniffs around, one of the dreamer's friends makes a noise, attracting its attention. The dinosaur symbolizes the dreamer's grandfather, an old man <laughs> with outdated ideas poking around in the dreamer's life. And the dreamer no, that- has things he wants to hide, especially related to what he does with his friends. And this, I think, is going I mean, I more to the, the idea of there. a dinosaur being something that is outdated or antiquated or obsolete. Dude, I watched that episode of The Twilight Zone, The Obsolete Man. Check it out. It's I one of my favorite episodes. Oh, wait, Obsolete. I'm, I'm looking at dream moods, and it does kind of confirm a little bit what DeBoer is saying. The dinosaur in your dreams symbolizes an outdated attitude. So we're trying to kill a big outdated attitude, you and I, in your dream. We're trying now, to c- it can also symbolize something that you want to avoid. Huge, loud, fearful, dangerous, dominant, primitive. Or something that's too big to handle. Now... When we were hunting dinosaurs, you just knew in your dream logic that we were, or did you see any in this broad savanna area? I feel that part of the dream is fuzzy, though I know we did encounter one. Okay. So I, like towards the end somewhere. It was not a very like long, drawn-out dream, as I tend to have those very strange epics and elevators and such. Hmm. Interesting. But okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't that... There may be dinosaurs out there. It's, oh no, there are dinosaurs out there. Mm-hmm. But we weren't, we weren't being hunted. Like, did you, do you remember if you had that kind of, like, sensation at all? There was danger. Okay. I don't think the dinosaurs were after us. I feel like if we did a bad job being huntsmen, then we would probably be in danger. So big and dangerous, I think... Wouldn't be a dinosaur. I mean, yeah, probably that has to be a part of it. But I think DeBoard's on to something when he sees it as this ancient thing. And I'm trying to put my brain on what what could be the ancient or the old former thing that we're trying to kill. So let's combine DeBoard and Ibn Sirin. Ibn Sirin's idea of the hunt and the search for booty... Oh, and Ibn Sirin's trying Ibn to live Sirin, by your own freak. merits. Yeah, okay. live by your own merits and find success in that way. We're killing the old way. We're killing the old way of making our way in the world. Oh, there we go. Totally, now we're, holy crap. Now we're exactly, rebels, man. That rules. That's exactly what's happening. Oh, geez. All right, because you're, you're having success with your stage play, which, by the way... That's still going, or has it wrapped up? It's wrapped. It's wrapped it's up. Wrapped. We, had, we had a great little run there on the stage, and now I'm back on the uh, old grind again. Hey, if you know any, hey, if you know any talent agents. <laughs> well, hey, you actually got to ply your trade in the cultural center of the world. Pardon. Well, you know, 
It was off-Broadway, okay? Broadway, capital of the world, whatever. It's New York fucking city. Yeah, it was off-Broadway. It was good. It was, it was, it was. <laughs> and you get to perform, and then I've, I've got my little dig that I'm, I'm playing uh, Sandlot out there on, on the rest. So, like, we've both got our own cool career-wise things that we get to flex a little bit. Yeah, Jurassic Scott over there. Oh, wow. yeah. Kind of applicable to this wow. dream. That's paleo. But yes, same thing. Same hat, same, right? You same, the same hat. Same hats. style. Yeah, for sure. The same style. Sketch huh. bones. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty good bow. I mean, do you want to add anything? I kind of feel like we tackled that guy real good. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm feeling real good about that. All right. Hell yeah. Um, we do have a couple submissions. Uh, do you want me to read the first one? Yeah, I believe it is from. Princess- oh, no, I want to do the second one. Actually, I want to do the second one. Sorry. Okay, so I'll read the first one. Yeah. First one is from Princess Peculiar, who is a repeat offender here on the Dreamboat, sending us a dream. Uh, also is getting a podcast going called Peculiar Mayhem, so you guys should uh, look out for that and check it out. I think they discuss all things strange and mysterious. So, nice. Peculiar Mayhem, Princess Peculiar writes, My 13-year-old son and I are going to see the eye doctor. We both have the same simple procedure called eye scraping, which is apparently normal and common. Note, in real life, we both had the surgery as young children for the same eye condition. We get there, and there's something neurologically wrong with the doctor, and he does not appear capable or competent. I turn around to ask a staff member if he or she would let this doctor perform the procedure on her, and after she says no, I get my son (laughs) and leave. I find out the doctor has already performed the procedure on my son. So I go, I go off on the doctor, and apparently my anger makes him have a stroke or something <laughs> similar. Yes. We leave, and then we're at a party thrown by an old friend where I don't know anybody else. My husband shows up. I tell him about the doctor. I'm super upset that he's hurt our son, and also that I will be held accountable for his stroke. Hmm. Eye scraping sounds real nice. Yeah, I'm really not into that. Not having that one. Um, that, that verb and that noun together dude, should not no. happen. It is interesting that they both had the same procedure and that there would be a dream about this. All right, let me try. Um, let me try a little off the cuff action on this one. Go for it. Okay, so you're dreaming about getting your eyeballs fixed, which means perhaps. Your dream brain's telling you that you're 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 having a change of perspective, but I, the context is important because the doctor's doing it and the doctor's incompetent. So you're getting your perspective shifted, not by you, and you don't like the way it's shifting, and it's shifting for you and your son. That's a little bit bizarre for me. Could be shifting your perspective. So then. You want to help me out? Is that am I on the wrong track? What do you think? I don't. Th- I mean, definitely, it has to do with the with the eyes, right? It being an mm. eye doctor, being an eye issue, and uh, vision is one of those senses that's highly regarded and often, I would say, take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. So when that is put in peril, obviously, that's very serious. But for me, the really interesting part here is this doctor who right. has this practice, and then the doctor is someone you, hopefully, trust to help you heal. So in some ways, 
there is a disconnect in some sort of healing or nourishment going on. And if we think about our dreams, like we were talking with the board in the sense that everything in your dream is you in a way, maybe there's something within your life that you're not able to nourish or that there's a breakdown in self-care of some kind. I'm seeing a breakdown in trust and authority too, just mm. in this, this ding dong doctor who not even the nurse would let him perform the procedure. That seems, that seems to me maybe one of the other themes happening in this dream. So back to what, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, knocking your thing, but I'm trying to figure out this, this eyeball symbolism. And I'm starting to think that the doctor's tied into it. You're, you're starting to realize that you don't trust authority. It's changing your perspective and maybe you don't like it, right? Maybe you mm. want to trust authority. It's something you had faith in for a while. And so this eye scraping, when you get it done, your son got it first and is telling you maybe, yeah, is or, your son telling or you things? your son is just now a teenager and he had this procedure done, which you didn't want. And now you and he do not see things the same way. Oh, middle school. There we go. Oh, shoot. I like that one a lot, actually. Um, yeah, you know, which is just something that happens with time, but he'll get over it. I want to change mine to yours. Okay. Oh, you I just, thought of it. You're just, <laughs> yeah. you're just pushing, your, you're pushing your uh -huh. chips across the table. Yep. Um, I'm going to check out what Ibn Syrian has to say about the eyeball. And I shall check the board. Eyes. Evanescence is in here. Love that band. <laughs> okay. Whoa, ophthalmologist is in here. Jesus. The, uh, all right. Uh, so I'm going to go to ophthalmologist. Eyes in a dream represent one's religion or wealth. No, I don't. Eyes in a dream represent your faith and the road to victory in this life and the next. I could also represent guidance. Okay, this is a really weird one, dude. Having eyes covered all over in your body in a dream represents piety, <laughs> vigilance, and excellence of character. I don't, I don't think if I remember. I don't think I remember the submission saying there are eyes all over their body. But if your eyes turn into iron, it means distress. What is happening? All right, okay, you give me one. That's not so good. There's it's a very long, sub. It's a very long entry here at eyes. So let me just take some pot shots at some paragraphs mm -hmm. here. Symbolism of eyes missing can connect with the inability to see from someone else's perspective, but everybody's eyes were there. Hmm. Um, yeah. The symbolism of eyes and sight is often shown through actions. For example, covering the eyes can symbolize to see no evil. What does it mean to scrape your eyes? Or to have your eyes altered, right, through a surgery of sorts. So what would it be mean to alter your sight, right? To change the way you see things, to change your mind about something. Maybe there's, I, you I know go what? back. I go back to dealing with a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, I, I was about to say imagine. that fits perfectly. Well, ophthalmologist here says that it can represent a spiritual guide. It can also represent a preacher or a counselor that shows the difference between the path of righteous people and the path of heedless ones. So, so in your mind, 
maybe your son got his eyes scraped by a doofus, and so you're not seeing eye to eye anymore. But, but then, just... but then at the end, you feel responsible for the well-being of of said doofus, Doctor. Yeah, because you caused him the stroke. Oh yeah, you doofed the doctor. <laughs> wow, I don't know what that. I don't know about that one. Which the doctor is in some way responsible for the new perspective, the new way your son looks at life, and in some ways you uh, feel responsible for the doctor. Right. So it doesn't right. quite work out that you feel responsible for the doctor who is responsible for altering the vision of your son. Could be an avenue, but the timeline doesn't quite work out because you didn't get mad at the doctor until after he already goofed your, your boy's eyeballs. Oh man, this one's, this one's got a lot of competing symbols happening at once. Kind of hard for me to tell which ones are perhaps more weighted. I don't think, I don't think the stroke is too much to read into. I think if we're looking at ophthalmologist here, meaning someone who can show the difference between right and wrong or whatever, another Mm -hmm. one, this is someone who can have a stroke by getting yelled at. And so the people, maybe you have a little faith in the uh, instructors at your child's school or something. This is the kind of person that knocks over in a stiff wind, you know, that might have something to do with it. Or they're, Friends or whatever media kids mm. are into these days, the Snapchats and whatnot. Influencers. Now, uh, later you are at a party, and parties usually are happy fun time, but you don't know anybody there, so you're not having such a great time. So in some ways, you're not being able to enjoy what should be enjoyable because That sounds... Are- sorry, but it sounds to me like a kid's these days, almost. Because that's how I feel. I'm a little at a loss for what the kids are into these days. I was like a party. I don't know anyone. I don't get this. The kids, their fidget spinners and their water bottle tricks. But the party is one of her friends, right? Mm. And I keep saying right a ton. The party is one of her friends, but she doesn't know anybody. And she's not having a good time partially because she still feels responsible for sending this doctor into some sort of medical emergency. From yelling right. at him so hard. <laughs> kind of rules. So maybe you're feeling bad about yelling at someone so hard. Yeah. No, that's or probably just conscience or guilt. Yeah. In Could some be. way. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Princess Peculiar, hope we at least gave you something to think about on that one. That was pretty, pretty tough riddle there. It was a, a bit of a doos. Good riddle. Um. We do have one more submission that I am very excited about, and... All right, I'm going to go ahead and read this submission here. Um, I did not get explicit permission for the name, so I'm going to say thank you, Mystery Stranger. Mystery Stranger Stranger. I am in a house in the countryside with my daughter. We're talking about kids and how annoying they can sometimes be with their temper tantrums and their antics. Suddenly, a bunch of little kids arrive in the room, and they are dressed Amish style. They're minding their own business, and they're not annoying at all. My daughter and I are surprised to see how well-behaved they are, and all of a sudden we hear a baby crying in the distance. It comes from a bedroom, and I go to the room, followed by my daughter. There's a bed. I lift the bed cover, and I see a very small baby with an old man's face. I take the baby in my arms, and I tell my daughter, Oh yes, you see, it's Mr. Pimple. He is very nice and gentle. 
I carry him into the main room where the Amish children are quietly playing. Nice. Okay. I do love Mr. Pimple. That is a good name for a baby. <laughs> for a baby with a an old man's boy. face. Yeah, that's exactly what you name that kind of baby. Benjamin Button syndrome babies are are perfect Mr. Pimples. All right. Oh, goodness. So, hmm. we're in the countryside. Now, what does the countryside mean to you, Scott? Countryside would be... Um, so it's the opposite of the city. That's like a re- relaxing nature, calm. Uh, yeah, I associate it with good health and calm, probably. Now, you don't have express permission to show this person's name, but do you know this person? Who I do. had this dream? I do know this person. What do you think they feel about the countryside? Probably the same. I would say that they see it as a rest, place of respite, place to go to relax, um... A place with wholesome vibes and energy. Okay. Now, this person, again, you know them. You say they have a daughter. Is this daughter older, like an adult? I think I have a great little ice cream truck playing in the background. Oh, nice. Mr. Frosty? Mm -hmm. Which one's he playing right now? Mr. Pimple. Mr. Pimple. Uh, Pop Pop Goes the Weasel. Oh, nice. That's a good one. DJ, turn up those jams. So the daughter is older, you say? So the daughter's about our age, yeah, around there. Adult age. Adult age. So it is worthy that they're, or worth something that they're doing the whole kids these days. Yeah, right. So the kids these days are ill-mannered, talk happens, and then they sort of walk into a room full of well-behaved Amish children... I'm going to check if Dream Moods has anything to say about dreaming about the Amish. Yeah, I have a feeling Ibn Siren's not going to have much to say about the Amish. You know, he might, though, because he surprises me every time I look through that book. He just goes a little ham. A little hamish? All right, so. There's no no Amish in Debord, but I will look up Countryside while you tell me more about Dream Moods. Well, yeah, so this is dreams.metroeve.com. This is another weirdo one. I love. I miss our weirdo ones. To dream of Amish people represents aspects of your personality that purposely resist change or want to stall progress. What? Well, they shun technology and these things and find mm. the merits of a simple lifestyle. I'm also and then, seeing, and then sending their young adults out to test their metal in the big city. I'm also seeing a lot of um, Amish representing striving towards a greater understanding of the world or living simply without the desires of technology and outlandish material wealth. That's also pretty likely. Okay. And that's what makes the children well behaved in this dream instance. Yes. Now, the countryside is in J.M. DeBoard's Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbol, Signs, and Meanings. Okay. See how far off And landscapes like countrysides and dreams symbolize having an expansive view of your life and peaceful feelings about your current status. Hmm. It also represent freedom and exploration. However, it could also suggest remoteness and disconnection. Like getting unplugged from the city. Oh, or being disconnected from the kids these days. Oh, that could be. You're just feeling out of touch with, with their snaps and their ins- <laughs> ins- Instagrams and 
Like Facebook, Facebook is so not a thing anymore. I mean, I guess if you ask if you ask teenagers that they're on Facebook, they will laugh at you. That sucks. It's an old man's game, Scott. Oh man, old man Scott, I guess. All right, well, shoot. But then you find, okay, and they're all well behaved, right? Okay, wait, I'm starting. I'm starting to put this together. The the, the Amish ba- the Amish kids are all well behaved. The one that's crying, the one that's putting up a fuss, is the young one. With an old man face. So the old ways of children <laughs> are sucky and bad. The new ways of children are cool and good? Is that? Now I'm looking up face. Okay. In James Board. Mm-hmm. Face is the most distinguishable feature of a person. Mm, up for debate, but yeah, generally agreed. <laughs> okay. Take yeah. note of anything unusual or out of kilter about a face. Old mm. face. Yeah, a face that does not match the, the, the body of the Benjamin person. Benjamin Button, Mr. Pimple Face. A face that changes or morphs can symbolize changing to fit a situation or blend in like a chameleon. Mm. Mm, kind of. Well, uh, yeah. There's a lot on faces here. Let's see. Hmm. So what's an old face on a baby mean? Yeah, I just Googled that. I got nothing. We're going to have to freestyle, Scott. All right. All right. Let me give it a go. And especially since this has so much to do with this submission has to do with age. I feel like, and maturity. What is it that this baby's face is oh so mature? For seemingly no reason. Mr. Pimple. But Mr. Pimple's super cool. Mr. Pimple's cool, though. He's nice and gentle. And then, and he's... (laughs) Yeah, Okay. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to I'm going to try a different thread here. You take your daughter to find the source of this caterwauling and you lift the bed cover and you're the one who recognizes that this thing that looks old and wrong and gross is actually just Mr. Pimple and he's very nice and gentle and he's good and cool. So this is you you recognizing niceness and gentleness in something in your life that is contradictory or or shocking or superficially ugly, perhaps, that um, your daughter's generation doesn't appreciate. Well, or that your expectations have been subverted and that you're expecting to go find this baby who is having temper tantrums and antics, and guess what? It's just your good good old friend, Mr. Pimple. It's just Mr. The Pimple. old man baby. <laughs> I, yeah, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie the, uh, the Amish children arrive in the room, almost as if to contradict you, right? Because you're talking about how kids are annoying these days. 
the Amish come in and they're they're wonderful. They're well behaved. So not, so essentially you're saying not all kids are that bad. Not Depends all kids on are that bad. How they are raised. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, especially working with children in New York, I've said to myself and to others many times, there's really not a bad kid. There's there's just disconnected yeah. parents. Or I'd agree with that. You know, maybe there is, you know, a, a Damien child or whatever, but I don't I think there's a reason for that, be it too much or not enough freedoms. I'm not saying parenting is easy. I don't believe that. It's not a perfect thing, but I think it has a lot to do with how they turn out. Yeah, no. I mean, you teach swim lessons to children of a variety of ages. I did for a little bit, too, back in the day when uh, you and I worked together, and even... The uh, quote-unquote problem kid, the ones that gave you the most trouble that would burn you with sick burns whenever you said something that was just, like, leaving yourself open. I don't know. The kids don't, never really picked on me, Scott. I got some sick the, burns the, on me, but at the end of the day, you got to say, dang, that was a sick burn, kid. I wouldn't say that in, in the moment, but I definitely secretly respected them more for being able to do sick. You're going to be just fine in the real world, kid. You didn't get sick burned at all? Dude, I never got I never got picked on by a child. Oh. I at least maintained the authority, <laughs> whether or not they would listen to what I expected them. Yeah, well, I, I coached like swim team teenagers. All right, well, you do too, I suppose. All right. Yeah, I just left myself. You know what? You're picking on me too, kid. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, what would Mister Pimple do here? What would Mister Pimple? Yeah, where's Mister Pimple? Because Mr. he's Pimple. very nice and gentle. He's nice and gentle. <laughs> <laughs> now do you oh. think it matters that Mr. Pimple's in a bed? He's hidden under a bed. No, 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 no. He's hidden under a bed cover. No one knows. They, right, right, they didn't right, right. put a baby under a bed. You don't put a baby a under a bed. Well, I mean, he's Mr. Pimple. I don't know if he's a baby. If he's really is. So is Mr. Pimple an old man with a baby's body, or is it a baby's body with an old man head? I don't want to tackle that. That's that is, he's very nice and gentle, and that's all you need to know. Okay, just okay. let's leave it at that. Okay, but there is some sort of disconnect either with expectation, or I mean, have you ever heard someone say like, "Yo, you're an old soul"? Do you think Mr. Pimple's just an old soul, like a visual representation of someone? You think that this might be a dream symbol for someone in their life who is an old soul who is very young, who like very shirks young? the expectations that this person has of the youth these days. You know, yeah, uh, that would be my advice. Maybe and a second symbol of they're not all that bad. All of them, but many of them, very much so are. That would be interesting, especially if you could if you c- could tie it off to someone like that, like you said, who is a very old soul in a very young body. Because the whole dreams theme is subverting your preconceived expectations. The very first thing you do is talk about how children are not very well behaved, and then you get proven wrong. The very second thing you see is a Benjamin Button baby under the bed, but he's very nice and gentle, and it's totally okay. Now, we're getting in these very specifics, but I think to wrap it up, We'll take one step back Mm. in hitting on that theme of expectations being subverted, which I think is where the real meat of this dream and probably where its origins in the subconscious came from, if I may be so bold as to take that leap. 
to where, sure, it probably has been many times recently where you're like, oh gosh, kids, like what a, the, you know, what does tomorrow hold if this is, this is the future, right? But probably has more to do with being surprised, hopefully pleasantly, or seems like it. Or, you know, in a, in a way that changed a very strong belief or challenged a very strong belief that you had. Wow. That's good. That's a good bow you tied there. In a very kind and gentle way. Very kind and gentle. Mr. Pimple. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you again for the submissions, everyone. Keep them coming. That is going to be at dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. Send us you a voice get us on Facebook as well. Tell yeah. your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Like like your friends. Wait, no. Have no. your friends like us. Yes. You can like your friends too. You can like your friends too, yeah. We'll like them more if they like us. There you go. Um, and send us a message in a bottle. I'm trying to think of more nautical-themed ways of communicating. You know, flash us those... Those lights that you do at night using Morse code. The flags. Use the flags. The flags. Yeah, the flags. The flags. Do the flags. Do the flags thing. Do the flags thing. Or 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 uh, Morse code from the lighthouse. Well, this is Scott and Connor saying, "Do the flags thing." Till next time. <laughs> I'm Scott. And I'm Connor. Bye bye. Do, do the flags, flags thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs>